Welcome to BiPlus, podcasting for the BiPlus universe. I'm Elizabeth Meacham, here with my co-host, Ains Leibowitz and Jack Mitchell. Today we welcome Noelle Schutz of the Bisexual Resource Center to talk about BiPlus youth. Hi, Noelle. Could you please tell us about yourself? Hi, thank you so much. It's great to be here. My name is Noelle Schutz. My pronouns are they and she. And I am a social worker living in New York City. And I've been volunteering for the Bi Resource Center for a little bit over two years now. Okay. Um, I thought Bi Resource Center, isn't it in Boston? It is, but we have um we have volunteers all over the United States. I previously okay. lived in Boston. Um, but now I represent the BRC in New York, and we have awesome. folks from everywhere from um, Minnesota, previously had folks in Colorado. So it's great. It's a good way to, you know, continue to expand and have a presence outside of Massachusetts. Awesome. While we're on the topic, could you go ahead and please tell us a little bit about um, the BRC? and what Yeah. The- Absolutely. So the BRC was originally started in 1985. I believe the name was the East Coast Bisexual Network. Um, So since then, really, the Bisexual Resource Center has been creating resources, providing support, and really just helping to create a stronger sense of community for BIPLUS people across the U.S. um, and even beyond. Um, So, you know, some of our goals are just to raise awareness, as I said, build bridges and communities, um, not just for the bisexual plus community, but also the greater LGBTQ plus community and allies. Um, and we really just try to you know, foster by supportive spaces wherever we can. Awesome. We, ha- we have a lot of free resources on our website, we have a blog, we have a lot of brochures um, for everyone really, but um, a few things that stick out to me for bi-plus youth are by 101 coming out and we also have a safer sex brochure um, for everyone but also you know by plus youth may benefit from that as well awesome so so how did you become uh, personally involved with uh working with by plus youth yeah so i'm a social worker by trade i'm a trained therapist and i've also worked in advocacy currently i work in a community health center working with lgbtq youth who are living with or at risk of acquiring HIV. Uh, Many of our youth experience mental health challenges as well as homelessness, which are two things that are really close to my heart. Um, And particularly, um, so BIPLUS youth experience negative mental health outcomes at a higher risk compared to their gay and lesbian peers. So this is part of why, you know, I really wanted to be involved with the Bi Resource Center and chose to work in the field that I do on things like Bisexual youth, um, 43% of bisexual youth have considered suicide in the past year. 71% of bi youth have experienced symptoms of anxiety. And 55% of youth um, have experienced symptoms of depression. So sort of just my natural path of therapy and being really passionate, involved, and personally affected by these things brought me into an organization that works with not only bi plus youth, but youth in the greater LGBTQ plus community. What special challenges do bi plus youth face in our community? I think we t- we touched on a little bit of that, but um, what makes it unique to bi plus youth? Yeah, definitely. I mean, just in general, we know that LGBTQ youth experience higher rates of 
negative mental health outcomes, and it's even greater for bi plus youth. So in addition to a few of the things they mentioned earlier, um, a high percentage of bi plus youth are experiencing homelessness or specifically experiencing it due to abuse at home. Of course, um, by youth faced by antagonism or by phobia, which includes by erasure. So basically just the questioning the legitimacy of bisexuality or even people just denying outright that bisexuality exists. Um, we know that 61% of bisexual youth have experienced discrimination in the past year, which includes higher rates of bullying at school. Um, and unfortunately, sexual assault is also particularly severe for bisexual people and by youth compared to their straight, gay, and lesbian peers. Jack, what do you feel like as a bisexual youth, like what are some challenges you face since you are representative today? So where I work, there happens to be a higher proportion uh, of LGBTQ um, plus- uh, Employees? Um, yeah, employees. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've, I'm out at work, so I have the opportunity to be like, hey, I'm bisexual, but- I definitely still feel like there are times where people who are part of the LGBTQ plus community kind of lump me into one group or the other. And that's something that I felt like I've had to deal with constantly since coming out is people going, oh, you're straight. Oh, you're gay. And it's just it's not I there was a point to that. And I was I'm trying to brain what my <laughs> point was. I don't know. But... I think you think you had a good point there. And it just feels like, you know, and I think that felt the same for us when we were young. And and to I think most bisexual people, this whole thing of um, you know, having to choose. Yeah, compulsive monosexuality, you know. I mean, yeah, I think, yeah. Um, but you know, that I, I there's definitely that pool of everybody else gets to identify as whatever they want but if you're bisexual or pansexual it's like well no you have to choose one pick one like yeah oh my point was is it's still more of an activity for us when they're talking about it it's an identity but for us we can't have that it has to be you know it's still people are still stuck on activity not identity but um do you think that's gotten better or worse since since the past 10 years or so, people have recognized the fluidity and gender. Do you think it's gotten easier? Um, I mean, mom can help answer this too. For everybody who doesn't know, Amy and Jack are related. But, um, <laughs> uh, Abe, sorry. Uh, do you guys feel like, what are the differences that you feel maybe between generations of how, is it getting better or worse? You know, it's interesting because as an outsider looking in toward, you know, having two kids who are part of the community um, in different parts. Um, I think that in many ways, it's better in the sense that I think people are more open than when I was that age. Um, but I also see that there is still just like there's a there's a lot of pressure on mononormativity. There is a lot of pressure to pick a side with gender, too. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know that I think that there's, there's a lot more tolerance for people using different pronouns, but I keep seeing a ton of the same kinds of things with non-binary identities yeah. as you'll eventually, you'll eventually transition or you need to pick a side or you're not legitimate. It seems like, like with the, with all of this new yeah. information that it should be, but I don't know if it really is. I mean, I yeah. guess 
it looks from the outside like youth are more accepting of yeah, a wide range, definitely. but I can't really tell because I'm not part of that. Well, and it's yeah. it's interesting because where I go to uh, where I go to university has a higher proportion of uh, outwardly conservative appearing um, individuals. So mm -hmm. uh, in that regard, I was um, I was worried that going into a, uh, a setting like that that there would be um there would be more problems but what i've actually found is that um not only have i found a significantly higher proportion of members in the lgbtq plus community but i found that there are a significantly higher number of allies than i was expecting as well yeah which feels really good because it's like oh my gosh i don't have to worry about suppressing aspects of me that are true to who i am i can just be myself yeah, it's funny because Jack is actually attending my alma mater. And when I was there in the 90s, it was different. Not <laughs> <like> it <is. laughs> That's good to hear. That's good to hear. I Yeah, I feel the same with my kids. My kids are free to actually even uh, my middle child um, was a lesbian. And now it's like, no, now I'm bisexual. And they're free to move back and 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 explore their sexual identities, I think, in ways that we were not. Um I, I mean, these these are both very liberal homes, probably compared to some, I'm sure. So I that probably plays into it. But yeah, I do. I I feel a difference. But we're looking. It's like you said, we're not really in there, so we're not really want to kind of get it from Jack's perspective too. And thanks, Jack, for sharing that. Appreciate yeah, it. No problem. <clears throat> I'm not a, a youth anymore, but um, I recently shared not recently, but a couple years ago, I have a sibling that's significantly younger than me. And I came out to them um, and their reaction was, I mean, literally, oh, cool. I didn't know. Anyway, and then jumped it. Like sh they gave me my my moment, but it was truly just like, as if I were to say like, hey, this is my favorite color. Um, yeah. As compared to when I came out, when I was their age, like I was the only person at my school it was, I, I wasn't necessarily bullied, but there was certainly like a shift in the way that some people treated me and there were like rumors and thankfully I had a support system, you know, things were okay for me. Um, but it, it just shows such a big difference compared to like my experience versus, you know, how it is now. And I think that's a really beautiful thing that people get to experience. We're talking about special challenges here. Um, What do you think, Jack, that's different now that may be worse? Do you know? Or, Noel, you can answer to that, too. Um, what do you think is worse for you guys as youth than, than it was back in the day? Hmm. <clears throat> I think you'll have to get back to me on that. But I think, um, Noel, you might have a bit more. Uh, you might have a bit more to say about that now than I do. <laughs> Sure. So, I mean, this is the challenges that youth are still facing now have always been around, but mm -hmm. a couple of things I'd say is certainly social media. I mean, it can be a really wonderful source of support, but I'm specifically thinking of all the bills right now. I, I think as of April 7th, the ACLU is tracking like 452 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in the U.S., mm -hmm. um, just the absolute mass of those bills. Um, we know that uh, I think over 50% of 
LGBTQ plus Americans identify as bisexual, right? So these are very, very serious. So just like, I know for me personally, um, seeing these things on social media every day, seeing the attacks on bi plus folks, as well as, you know, our gay, lesbian, trans siblings is just so overwhelming in your face. That's always great when we see you know, good news, like when something negative is struck down, but you know, there, there really is a campaign against LGBTQ plus people, especially youth going on right now. Yeah. That's, that's happening in our state. We're one of those States in in Kansas and they passed a, um, the one that was easier to pass because I think people don't quite understand it is the sports bill, you know? So, which to me, even from a basic law standpoint, why would you insert yourself where you don't belong? That's governed by the NCAA that let them deal with that. Um, but um, it's, it's like, so it's not even veiled. It's like, that's, that's such an obviously uh, insulting bill for the point of being cruel. They're just cruel. And uh, they're doing the next one they want to do is uh, transition um, for adults only. And that includes hormone treatment, which none of them realize because we've spoke with an endocrinologist and the only thing that's irreversible is uh, the deep voice, (laughs) you know, which a lot of women have deep voices. So, you know, you transition to a man and you decide you wanted to be, no, I made a mistake. You know, the deep voice is as far as hormones go is the only irreversible thing, but they don't want any um, hormones for the kids at all. Um, And hormone blocking, unless they they've been diagnosed with precocious puberty or things like that. It's very anti, it's obviously anti-trans. And the kicker is that um, this applies to people up to the age of 21. It It's wild to me because you can tell that, again, th- this isn't about healthcare when no. it comes to the people who, you know, who are stabbing these things. There are so many gender affirming care Mm-hmm. That is open, you know, breast implants, Viagra, um, and intersex kids in particular. And then the next bills are all anti-healthcare for women. Those are still threatening to everybody else in the community because that's just where they're starting. I'm particularly active on not not all social media, but I'm particularly active on uh, certain social media uh, websites. And on one of the websites. Um, I had a conversation with someone who was around my age who kept trying to say, oh, no, they're not pushing any anti-LGBTQ laws. And I went out, I found a website that details all of these different anti-LGBTQ plus laws and sent them the link and said, and that was for, that was just for Texas too. Oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yes. Which, I mean, Texas is an outlier in the sense that they have so many. Oh, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Texas and Florida in particular, yes. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that it's not happening elsewhere. Right. Or is it not happening at all? So I, there's, there's definitely still people, there's people of all generations who just don't, who genuinely don't think that this kind of stuff is happening either out of ignorance or out of um uh out of being told you know by their parents that it's not mm. happening and they're just you know never they're 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 not um 
informing themselves about oh my gosh this is horrible why are we why are we letting this stuff happen how does it emotionally feel to you is it taxing on you you know what i mean does it drain you to emotionally think about all the anti-lgbt stuff out there as far as legislature goes um i i think that um i think that it's really been an eye-opener um in the sense that you know i i myself i was unsure of just how bad the situation was in terms of all of these bills being enacted but i mean just this 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 statistic of over 400 is it's scary it's terrifying because that's like yes there a lot of these are against trans youth but when are they going to start expanding to uh transgender adults when are they going to start expanding to the rest of the lgbtq plus community and that's that's what's the most terrifying and it's it it, it's gotten to a point where it's like i no longer feel like i can be silent about that kind of stuff yeah because it's just so uh, it's permeated almost everything at this point when it has gone to lgbt the rest of the community um you know with these bills that say you can't even talk about um, this stuff. Uh, and it's also, and I do feel like this is related to women's health and, and people with uterus, uterus wielding people, um, you know, uh, <laughs> I actually really like that. And I'm going to use that now uterus wielding. Yeah. And that feels like really badass. <laughs> That's why I was going for, but you know, people who have uteruses, um, I, it's, these bills seem to be hand in hand, the right being passed at the same time. How do we control the women in our population? Uh, There's a lot of trans men. We don't like that. Um, You know, uh, it seems there's just this huge effort to reinforce heteronormativity and not just socially, but legislated. And uh, I I I feel as a parent of a youth that I, I feel so drained by this. And I feel so overwhelmed um, and I'm frightened. I am actually frightened for my, for my uh, one child in particular for that child. Um, it's, it's, it's really hard to balance that those feelings as a parent that you want to be protective of your kids yeah. and you want your kids supported in every way. But I think, you know, the advantage of living somewhere that's considerably more liberal and open-minded is that people will laugh you out of a group when you say that kind of not, not about being protective as a parent, but when you say the anti stuff, um, I'm not super active in the parent group for my school district, but I, I lurk in there and I read a lot of the posts and there are, there are so many people who will post these, you know, racist and anti-LGBTQ and, you're some weird racist, and anti-trans and book banning and people just laugh at them. Like, yeah. It's the nice thing about living it somewhere that's more liberal because every all the other adults are like, you got to be kidding me. You, yeah. what century are you living in? <laughs> so that's kind of fun, and it's also been kind of fun. Um, I don't so much now that I have a kid about to graduate and one who's already graduated, but I used to spend a lot of time volunteering with the drama with the students, and I would see like. I know that their age group kind of gets made fun of a little bit as the Tide Pod generation or whatever. Yeah. 
I did not see that wasn't the, really a thing. But no, yeah. <laughs> I, didn't see that. I saw a lot of very no. empowered, very open minded, very accepting people. And mm-hmm. I don't think our youth. So I, as much as I worry as a parent, mm-hmm. as an adult, if I take parent out of that equation, I worry less because I see a generation that's very empowered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And very um, ready to just knock this stuff down as as much and as often as they can. So I guess, I mean, maybe that's, so that kind of leads into um, that next question about what are things that we as family and friends can do to support, empower, um, and be resources for that, for that younger generation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... I'd say the most simple thing you can do is just be there and support youth, um, LGBTQ plus youth, bi plus youth who report having at least one accepting adult in their life worth 40% less to report a suicide attempt in the past year. And I know I keep throwing out statistics, but I am, I've been in advocacy work in addition to social work and the data doesn't lie, right? So if you can be that one person that can literally change someone's life, I would also say advocate against these bills that will harm youth. As you were saying earlier, like this is just the beginning and it's already started getting bigger and bigger. Um, You know, first they came for trans youth. Now they're coming for people with uteruses and it's just going to keep going and getting bigger. It's calculated and and that's what they intend. Yeah. And it's it's hard to advocate. I feel um, we've been doing this for so long now. (laughs) It's only been, I think this is our fourth season, but we do this and that's one way we do it. I've also gone to the the state house in Kansas. Um, and there's this, it's hard to not get exhausted. And I kind of wonder about the youth, you know, yeah, we saw them during COVID, you know, really step up and, and take the reins of some of the activism um, in a way that our generation, we didn't. Um but I kind of worry about burnout for them too. So how do you continue? Let's let's talk about to the youth, how you can address activist burnout with these young folk. That's a great question. I mean, you know, kids shouldn't have to do this on their own, right? Adults right. are supposed to protect them. So be there alongside them. And if, you know, you can't or you're not up for advocating in person, you know, support those who are doing it uh if you you know if you have the funds to do it or something as simple as sharing a social media post saying hey we're going to the state house tomorrow or call your representative uh but yeah just just be there be support and also you know challenge by antagonism and by erasure when other bi people bi plus people are in the room but you know like we've got to own it we've got to stand up for youth and you know be be the act as adults are supposed to act when it comes to children and protect them and support them that's a good that's actually that last bit there yes it does need reminding it needs stating (laughs) (laughs) okay hey let's go jump back um what resources in support do you all at the brc specifically offer to five plus youth yeah so we have a lot of free resources on our website um i recommend our blog there's a ton of articles on there from people from all walks of life we have a lot of brochures not just for bi youth um things like bi 101 coming out safer sex but also if you're a parent of a bi youth friend ally there's a lot of great resources just on our website 
Um, and I also add, we, because of our goal of fostering community, we offer a lot of groups and meetups. These are both virtual and in-person. And our groups are everything from peer support groups to book clubs that focus on buy plus books specifically. Um, we also do like craft meetups. Um, we recently did a meetup for folks who have a disability. So if you're looking for a community or connection, it's on there. Your people are there. And I highly recommend just checking it out. Awesome. I've seen some stuff for the uh, disability and craft stuff and I haven't gotten to them yet. I think it's really great that you're offering it. How's that? That's really cool. Uh, so pretty much you've got everything that could interest somebody in there. <laughs> I noticed on the website you do have quite a bit. And 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 I noticed you also point to different websites um, and different organizations, which is awesome too. Absolutely. Uh, that's how you know it's a legit organization. They share. <laughs> you know, like we just want to connect the BiPlus community as a whole. We love right. to work with other BiPlus orgs and support each other, promote each other. Because unfortunately, even in among LGBTQ plus organizations, the big ones, bi people are still just like a little yeah. footnote oftentimes. Yep. Yes, definitely. Um, Noelle, is there anything else you'd like to discuss or talk about before we close here? Yeah, this just came to mind when we were talking about advocacy. So I did this for a long time, and this is something I'm really passionate about. But I feel like it's an important point to raise. These legislators who are making all these anti-LGBTQ plus youth bills are the same ones who are making it easier to access firearms, are the same ones who are striking down, you know, expansion to health care. You know, the folks who, you know, make it yeah. so people can't access abortion as health care also yeah. don't want to provide support to families who need it. So, you know, yeah. it's not about healthcare. It's not about protecting youth. It's about, as you said earlier, control. And we know things like um, unwanted pregnancy, um, harsher sentences, greatly more great impact people who are living in poverty, um, people who are BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, and other people of color. Mm -hmm more than their white counterparts too. So, you know, it, it's all connected. It's all part of a bigger system. So, you know, the people we're talking about who are going to be affected by these bills are the people who are going to be more greatly impacted by harsher sentencing laws. So I think oh, it, I think it, you know, makes sense to talk about together because it's all interconnected. Yeah, yeah, that is. That's actually, uh, you bring up a great point there. And that's one point against that, um, how do I want to say this? So like guns, for example, um, the laws that have been passed, they're for the lower class, you know, and not even, and they're for people of color. They don't go after um, somebody's gun if, you know, if they're white, it, it's very, so then they'll say, oh, we passed legislation against, so no, you didn't. You just made it more likely a, a, that a person of color is going to end up in jail. Mm -hmm. um, for merely even looking at one. And it does, it affects people. It's a very classist system, but on top of that, very racist system. Um, well, any, Amy, you got any more questions or anything you want to discuss while we're sitting here? No, I'm just really excited that Jack got to be part of this. And yeah, <laughs> I love Jack. He's always fun to have. Yeah. I'm glad that I was able to come <laughs> on. And Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Noelle Schutz of the Bisexual Resource Center. 
And thank you, Jack Mitchell and A.B. Leibowitz. I'm Elizabeth Meacham. Remember, there's a whole Biplus universe ready to embrace you. Reach out and find your community. 